0: came from outer space to fill the world with terror what earthly power can stop this terror that's the signpost up ahead your next stop
1: from outer space and what's up guys this is a podcast from outer space it's your boy rob scott we got adam narlock in the house tonight
2: hey guys thanks for listening and
1: as always it's ryan scott <laughs> hello hello far and wide
0: evening or night wherever you may be
1: And, you know, it wouldn't be the podcast from outer space without a nice, delicious glass of Pamp Coffee. And, you know, they're uh, right here from San Diego. Check them out, etsy.com slash shop slash Pamp Coffee. That's P-A-M-P, motherfuckers. Pamp Coffee is the best coffee out right now. Go get you some while it's hot. And, you know, unofficially, we're going to be drinking proper 12 whiskey all night.
0: Oh, so, yes, Lassie. We've got Conor McGregor in the studio. I may have gotten choked out. You know, Putin's still calling the shots, but uh, <laughs> the proper 12 is still flowing, Lassie's. So, you know, we're, we're sipping that.
1: Hopefully we can get a sponsorship from them eventually. And, you know, uh, one more shout out. Uh, me and Adam have recently started teabag. up... Teabag, if you will, have recently started up a new podcast, a sports podcast...
2: A That's, hockey podcast.
1: A hockey podcast. It's called The Five Hole. So, you know,
0: dropping that tomorrow. So go check that shit out. Tomorrow? Yep. Okay. All right. Tomorrow, check them out. The Five Hole. Um, iTunes? What do we got? SoundCloud? Mm, we're going to try and get on iTunes. I feel like that <laughs> might be a little bit hard at first. But
1: okay. we're going to be dropping on SoundCloud for now. And then we'll see where it goes from there. And, you know... Tonight, episode 35, the uh, part three, if you will, of the X-Files. The triple X-Files. Triple
0: X-Files. Yes. So um, this is, everybody, the conclusion of our three-part series. We have finally reached the bottom of the X-Files pool. Started from the top and now we're here. Um, yes. Now in our last now two- we can't get lower. Now, in our last two episodes, we took a look at the life and times of the creator of the show, Chris Carter, uh, looked at some of his influence, followed by an in-depth look at some top episodes, uh, some real-life X-Files, and in this episode, we are getting into both feature films, uh, 98 and 2008, respectively, and the 2016 revival of the show and pretty much anything that we may have left out. So, if we're at the bottom now, were we at the climax last time? Yeah, I mean, I would think so. Um, you know, we we were really discussing the OG nostalgia show. Um, this one will be more about, you know, kind of the novelty things, if you will. The movies, um, the revival, which a lot of people didn't like. And, you know... As I've discovered from researching this entire series, it's basically just all conspiracy theories. Mm. Uh, it's all conspiracies, and basically just take any conspiracy ever and uh, slap aliens on it, and boom, you got the X-Files.
2: It's kind of like our podcast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we got to cite uh, the sources on this one. So again, uh, John Muir, his Fantastic book, X Files FAQ. Um, check this out if you're a true X Files fan. Great read. Um, TVTropes.com for a uh, article we'll discuss a little later. Also an article from Life Magazine and AllThingsInteresting.com and numerous idiots on internet <laughs> message boards. <laughs> Don't
2: let anybody post
0: there. Yeah. So, um, let's get into it. Let's start with the first film. So, in 1998, we get The X Files. Um, this was the first feature film written by uh, Carter and Frank Spotnitz and directed by Rob Bowman. Now, this guy only directed four films, uh, including this one, most notably, pro- probably, Rain of Fire. You guys seen that? I have not. Never heard of it. It's like. Um, Picture this. Christian Bale and um who's this Stoner dude surfer dude True Detective Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> both bo- both bodied the fuck up, swole to the gills, uh, fighting dragons mm. that have taken over the earth. Check it out. I'm going to watch that immediately after this. <laughs> now uh so the X-Files film, uh this had a budget of 66 million Raked in hundred and eighty-nine point two million worldwide. Woo! So you know you could say it was doing pretty well. I mean, this was in what 98? Yep, ninety-eight? Yep. About five
2: seasons into the show. Is this that guy about just right? said. Yeah, yep, that's right.
0: What? You're unbelievable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this man just said it.
0: Yeah. Did you have? Uh, and I'm honestly asking. Maybe take the stomach shades off. Hey, see maybe he on. had a spiel. What he's leading into a spiel,
2: right? Nope. Right. He already said. Okay. Ninety-eight. <laughs> I was just clarifying it was about halfway through the series, right? Um, halfway? Yeah, I guess. Like uh, a little more. And then they dropped the movie. Yeah. Okay.
0: Now... Forgot where I was going. Thanks a lot. Yeah, so this film would also become come to be known as Fight the Future, which right there sounds like a Rage Against the Machine song. Oh, yeah. This was, yes, as T-Bag just said, set between seasons five and six. Now... Right there, I'm thinking uh, that's pretty fucking uh, daunting task for Carter. Um, you know, not only is he doing the show, uh, you know, he's writing, directing, kind of overseeing the show, but figures, um, fuck it, I'll write and produce an entire movie too that fits with the story narrative of the show between seasons and acts as a standalone film for like, if you haven't followed the show, people go see it in theaters.
2: That's kind of your first exposure to the series is through the movie. Um, well, I had seen the show before, but no, no, I'm saying in general. Like, oh, yeah, yeah like yeah, if you, yeah, line. like if
0: you had never seen the show, you can still go see the movie and
2: enjoy it. It took The Simpsons like 20 seasons to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a little, um, like you kind of wouldn't be as familiar with like the cigarette smoking man mm. if you just saw the movie and not the show. But I mean, it's not like you would be completely lost. I mean, you got to tip your hat off to him. Oh right? yeah. Also, I really was looking for like other shows that did this. Can you guys think of any other shows that have had a movie drop like in between seasons while the show is on its initial run? Mm. Jackass, Sex in the City. No, I actually I looked <laughs> up both of those. I, I looked up both of those because ja- Sex in the City actually was did come to mind. Nope, it was after the series, and Jackass was the year after the series. Oh, wow. Um, I actually looked at an entire list of shows that subsequently had movies. Um, I think the only ones to do this were maybe like Batman, but I mean, there's so many different versions of Batman. Did
1: you look into the numbers that they were doing in season five? Maybe the numbers took a dip, and they were like, hey, Mm. let's fucking drop a movie on these fools, get them back into the show.
0: Yeah, but still, I mean, that's... uh, like, not a lot of shows would even do that. Uh, so, Batman well, kind of did it. it. Uh, Beavis and Butthead do America. That dropped in between the shows. Really? But Yeah, but that's not... Like, their shows were just shitting on, like, music videos. They, yeah, it wasn't surprised. like you had to follow a narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, tr- I think the only notable one would be Trailer Park Boys. I was thinking that one. Because <laughs> they had... I think it was one of their movies dropped, like, in between seasons. yeah. Now, what are your guys, I mean, you guys have both seen the film, got memories of the film. Uh, when was the first time you guys saw the film? Anything that comes to mind when you think about the film? About the film
2: specifically?
0: Yeah, did you guys see it? Yeah, that's what we're talking about.
2: Oh, well, I just thought it was interesting, and maybe I'd get to this later in the outline, so you might have to edit this. X, what number is that in Roman numerals? 10. 10. What year was this movie released?
0: 98
2: 98. when did the second movie come out 2008 10 years later (laughs) and
0: i'm just saying x 10 and you know what else they say or what they never ever say what's that 10 x marks the spot mm-hmm ex gonna give it to you <laughs> <laughs> oh, i mean you guys don't remember this film at all as kids
1: no i went and saw it in theaters
0: bud as a you creator, did you were 98 how old how old were you, old were ten? you?
1: yeah 10
0: you weird, saw it in weird theaters.
1: 10 i was see, ten. See,
0: it's a fucking conspiracy <laughs> okay now what,
1: i remember going to regal cinemas to strawbridge yeah. okay okay and i'm pretty sure you and dad were there
0: no i was not
1: that's horseshit no you
0: know why because I weren't 10? No. I well, probably that. And I have a specific memory which plays into you of this movie. You want what's to know what's even weirder? It's 10 o'clock on the dot right now. Well. Okay. You told me, Rob, that you get to see Scully naked in it. Just like you told T Bag on the last episode. <laughs> you asshole. And so of course I'm um what? How old am I at this point? Seven? I'm a seven year old. The only uh, way. I
1: think you were a little bit older when I told you this.
0: <laughs> ninety-eight. If you saw it in theaters in ninety-eight, I didn't
1: come home and immediately tell you that. I think you did, uh, buddy. I feel like that is the first thing you would I think I you told you say. that when it was like coming to th- coming to movies, man.
0: Okay, so all right, let's say I was eight. Okay. One year because it it's takes a, little, it's a year. A little bit better. It takes a year, so I'm eight. Obviously, the only way I have access to boobs is your floppy disk. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to sneak into your room when you were there. At eight um, years old. And so you tell me this. Of course, I'm like, I have to see this movie. I'm playing at uh, You're my- You're probably just
1: praying. I, oh. no, I, was, I, I
0: was playing at my- This is years <laughs> before I learned how to pray. I am, uh, I'm playing at my buddy. I think it was Andrew Firestone. Remember him? Yeah, I, do. I was playing Love at his house advice. and he was like, hey, we can watch whatever we want. Had the X-Files. And I was like, fucking put that shit on, brother. I got to see a glimpse of Scully's Warlocks. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yes. We watched the show. And I remember like specifically, I don't think I was allowed to watch rated R movies at the time. I would hope not at eight. Well, my mom, like she said, oh, what'd you do today? And I told her. What hey do we, we watched the x-files i was Ollie? obsessed my dad got me and him both fbi windbreakers <laughs> and i would run around pretend like i was molder um debunking cases and stuff trying to catch a glimpse of those <laughs> yeah and um or well anyways i tell my mom and i remember specifically like this is searing into my memory My mom like sat me down and explained to me that the X-Files was just fake and a movie because she thought I was going to have nightmares. Mm. But honestly, the movie wasn't that scary. And I was pissed because you do not get to see Scully naked.
2: Although we almost did see her in that episode that we viewed this evening.
0: Now, Rob, why would you tell me that knowing damn well that it doesn't happen?
1: Just uh, fucking with you, dude. Classic joke. Classic brother (laughs) joke. Real friend, right there.
0: You're unbelievable. Hey, man,
1: you got to do what you got to do to get a joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, this film brought on, and now I'm actually meant to talk about this a little bit on our last episode, but what this film did was bring on new characters um, that sort of broke the X Files mold of casting, quote unquote, virtually unknowns. Now, think about this like the Star Wars approach, right? Like, when when Chris was making the show, the reason he cast Duchovny and um, Anderson was because he was like, okay, these guys aren't really, like, known actors, so he wanted it to be, like, believable, you know, based on true events, so, hey... We gotta cast these unknowns, just like Star Wars does, because you see a major actor get a role and you you automatically associate mm-hmm. him with like something else. Like, wasn't it weird when you saw Sam Jackson in the Star Wars movies? Not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> would you think it would be weird if Adam Sandler was cast as Mulder? Yes. Probably so.
2: <laughs> Especially right? mid 90s, yeah.
0: Because you would just associate him with like Billy Madison and the other stuff that was coming out of the time. Um, but this, this, uh, film did take on a few well-known actors, um, and threw them in there as, um, you know, they didn't really have prominent roles in the movie. And another thing I was reading about. Was Samuel L. Jackson in it? No, he was not. not uh, was similar not. to Star Wars, they actually like would change the name of their production company to, uh, throw people off. They had a whole production company listed as, uh, Project Blackwoods. Mm. Um, just like Star Wars did with Blue Harvest, you know? Yep, yep. Um, now, in the film, Mulder and Scully, they're investigating the bombing. Starts off, they're investigating the bombing of a federal building in Dallas, Texas. Bad things happening in Dallas. We talked about this earlier. I mean, what else happened in Dallas, guys?
2: Um, JFK got murked. People have enough money to get laser butt hair removal.
0: Okay. <laughs> You're
1: dropping that one again.
0: Um, It's my go-to joke of the week. Now, uh, so they're investigating this bombing, which housed a FEMA office and which contained evidence of a global conspiracy that needed to be destroyed. Um, You know, thus the plot rolls on from there with possible enslavement of the human race, aliens repopulating the earth. A diabolical plan using the pollination of corn by bees. Bees, they're everywhere. <laughs> oh my god! Get them off, bees. Me. Now, I'm still confused about that. Maybe one of you can explain to me. What did the bee like? So the bees pollinate the corn with the alien virus, and what humans are eating the corn? Or what? Search me. We might need to turn to uh, the insider, Nicholas
1: Cage, for this question. <laughs> okay. The guy knows a lot about bees. <laughs> Not
0: the bees! <laughs> <laughs> we also see the infamous black oil, uh, black helicopters all over the place. The whole nine. This movie had it all. Um, and it was really a form of expanding the myth arc of the show that we talked about in our last episode. Uh, now, furthermore, this film continued Carter's MO of his narratives having some basis in reality. Now, probably the biggest influence for this one, uh, which serves the foundation for the entire film story arc, is the Oklahoma City bombing at the Alfred P. Murrah Building on April nineteenth, 1995. You guys remember this? Oh, yeah. Now, honestly, I'm thinking uh, Chris Carter's got to have balls to do that. I mean this was only only three years had passed um since since this event. And the in oh. the film it's basically like identical to the uh, Murrah building bombing, right? I mean that's like if someone had gone and
2: made like a nine eleven movie in two thousand four, like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, look yeah, yeah, look at
0: like they fucking ripped on the ninja turtles for just having a picture of a building exploding yeah, and, and being what, associated like with, with yeah, that was in yeah. twenty fourteen. This guy's doing this three years later. Um, Too soon. Crazy for that one, Carter. Now, yeah, for a full breakdown um, on Oklahoma City, um, check out the documentary Oklahoma City streaming on Netflix. Um, This is a great documentary that really gets into the whole history of the incident. Um, But, you know, for those that might not know, um, in short, this guy Tim McVeigh, he was basically radicalized by several far-right militia groups. Uh, he was angry about the government's actions at Ruby Ridge and Waco in regards to the Second Amendment, which the FBI board, they cite in the film X-Files, Ruby Ridge and Waco. I think what Chris Carter was going for here was like a reimagining of the event. Um, but anyway, any whom, any who, The Murrah building housed offices of the FBI, DEA, Secret Service, and ATF, um, which is what McVeigh was going after. Um, Although, since this fucking idiot um, did it in the early morning, uh, most of the people in the building worked for Social Security Administration and Department of Housing. Um, And they were kids, from what we saw. Yeah, and they were fucking janitors. And he parked the truck right under the daycare. Uh, Now, this event. Is a national tragedy, to say the least. Oh, yeah,
2: and then think about this follow-up. First they have the bombing, and then, you know, Oklahoma City gets the Sonics. Just tragedy after tragedy, dude.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, we're not going to equate the two. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, until 2001, this was the deadliest terrorist attack on American soil and remained the deadliest act of domestic terrorism in the United States. Over and, and
1: are any of these wars happening on the U.S. soil? <laughs>
0: uh, over 600 were injured, 168 were killed, including three pregnant women and 19 children.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Now, like all national tragedies, what happens, guys? Surrounded by conspiracy theories. <whistles> now, you're getting good at that. <laughs> now, there is a only ton... Watched the pilot. <laughs> There's a ton of theories on the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, these either reject all of or part of the official government report. So that's you, Adam. You're, going, you're the official narrative guy, right? Let's go for it. Okay. Now, some of the theories that uh, reject this are the possibility of additional co-conspirators that were never indicted, most notably John Doe 2. That guy sounds pretty fishy. Oh, yeah. This, one, this is probably one of the strangest. We'll get into it. They
2: call him J.D. Basically suggesting that McVeigh had a partner.
0: Yes. Okay. Um, now, there's another theory that suggests additional explosives were planted inside the Murrah Federal Building. Um, another one that government employees and officials, including the president at the time, Bill Clinton, knew of the impending bombing and intentionally failed to act. He was um, a
2: little uh, busy blowing up himself, if you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Also, there's getting blown out every day, dude. This guy knows what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> there's even the claim um, that the bombing was carried out by the government in order to frame the militia movement or to provide the motive for new anti terrorism legislation. Um, Now, that's like basically standard, run-of-the-mill, false flag-type conspiracy, right? Mm. Um, And there are further conspiracy theories suggesting that foreign agents, particularly Islamic terrorists, uh, the Japanese government, or German neo-Nazis were involved in the bombing. Since the bombing, uh, numerous government investigations have been opened at various times to look into these theories, which... I would say it gives them a little bit of credit,
2: right? I mean, these guys wouldn't be looking into this if it was nothing, you know?
0: Exactly. Now, let's get into some of these theories. Sure, let's break it down. So as far as John Doe 2 goes, um, several witnesses reported seeing a second person with McVeigh around the time of the bombing. This guy became known as John Doe 2. Uh, the FBI went on to arrest this guy, Michael Brescia. A member of the Aryan Republican Army. Uh, this was basically, think of point break, uh, but with Nazis instead of surfers. <laughs> These guys would go like, they were responsible for 22 Midwest bank robberies. Thanks. Um, so this guy resembled uh, a sketch of John Doe II based on the eyewitness accounts. Um, but he was later released, and investigations say he was not involved with the bombing. Uh, John Doe, 2 has never been found or identified to this day. And there's 22 eyewitnesses that say they saw this guy with McVeigh while he was driving the truck around. 22 I mean, eyewitnesses, 22 bank robberies? <laughs> I don't right know. Right um, Follow the numbers.
2: I don't know about you.
0: Now, there's also the possible connection to Elahim City, uh, this was essentially a private community in Oklahoma associated with a lot of these, like, white um, nationalist, right wing extremist groups. Basically, there was this guy, Andres Strassmeyer. Uh, he was the security chief um, and spoke about destroying a federal building and had visited the Murrah building with McVeigh. Uh, McVeigh even telephoned Elahim City two weeks before the bombing, and an employee at the Murrah building who survived the bombing said in the days before the bombing she had seen several unfamiliar persons in maintenance and military uniforms, uh, who she believes may have been involved. However, these observations were largely ignored by authorities. So this is like essentially the FBI could have indicted like bigger groups, you know, there was like a deeper power play here that was kind of using McVeigh to carry out the bombing. But they were like, Hey, if we try to go after these fucking bigger guys, we might not get anyone, you know? So they kind of intentionally ruled these guys out. Now on September 28th, 2009, Um, They released security tapes obtained from the FBI through the Freedom of Information Act that showed the building before and after the bomb went off from four security cameras. The tapes are blank at points before 9.02 a.m., which was the time of detonation. The government's explanation for the missing footage is that the tape was being replaced at the time. Convenient. Four cameras in four different locations going blank at the same time on that specific morning. Mm. Coincidence? Might be. Now, this is, I mean, how do security camera systems even work? Like, is it one tape hooked up to all the cameras and if you take it out, they all go blank? Uh, depends on the system, but sometimes it is set up like that. I mean, back in the 90s, you thinking? Probably so, yeah. Um, it's the easiest way to do it. Okay. Now, uh, some say like the cameras in the front were cut off to like save the government money. Convenient. <laughs>
1: yeah. So they're just there. They're just not really running. Yeah,
0: I guess. I mean, that's the government for you, right? <laughs> um,
1: I mean, I feel like a lot of places do that, dude. You ever been into a Walmart? How many cameras do you think in there actually work?
0: I mean, who knows, man? <laughs> now here's a tip: just the
1: ones
2: by the registers and electronics. <laughs>
0: Now, uh some
2: uh, Tib, what do you know
0: <laughs> I worked at that place. I didn't
2: even know that much.
0: Do you know how the cameras work No, you worked at Walmart. Were you yeah. security?: No, you know who told me that. What did you do?
2: Roman Oh really?
0: Oh, this is the guy that got caught shoplifting from Navy Federal <laughs> <laughs>
2: exchange
1: That's a different place, buddy. Government
0: okay, all right, so it's a
1: uh, government conspiracy.
0: All right, so also this guy, Terry Nichols, um, he was also indicted um, as an accomplice in the bombing, but he traveled through the Philippines extensively. Um, at the same time, this t- known terrorist, Ramzi Yousef, who was also involved in the 93 World Trade Center bombing and was planning um, the Bojinka plot in Manila. What
1: the fuck is that?
0: It was this plot to like, uh, blow, like kill the Pope, um, blow up these planes. Like It was this whole fucking crazy terrorist thing. They caught him before he carried it out, though. The other thriller in Manila. Yeah, but this guy was basically in the Philippines the same time Terry Nichols was there. And it's called the plot? Bozinga plot? Bojinga. Bozinga. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Wow. Um, now, the bomb used in the 93 World Trade Center bombing, was also placed inside a rented Ryder van, same company McVeigh used. Some say this is a possible link to Al-Qaeda, but I feel like that's kind of people that don't want to admit, hey, an American guy was radicalized and did this thing. They're still trying to push the blame on like uh, Muslims, Al-Qaeda, some type of foreign terrorist group. Well, here's a theory. How is any of this related to someone else?
1: If they got away with it, why wouldn't they keep blowing shit up and doing shit to government <clears throat> buildings or government agents?
0: Well, that was like their big hurrah. Well, I'm
1: saying like there's way worse shit you could be doing than blowing up some fucking building in Texas. Well, oh yeah, cool. they're probably planning that right Oklahoma, now. Sorry, right now. That's how many years ago? Uh, ninety five. And they're just are gonna wait fucking 30 years to blow something else up
0: i mean i guess well because think about it like this bombing they got the one guy they didn't get the bigger fish but they realize they're gonna be more heavily monitored now after this comes out yeah and man, dick has happened since then you don't think that there's um any domestic terrorist cells on operating right now in the US I'm not saying there's
1: not
2: but I'm saying they're not doing anything dick has happened since then about all these shootings, dude?
0: <laughs> yeah dude stay woke brother there's a lot of shit going on that's happened since then man not on a, that big of a scale exactly they got, they got a ton of heat on them they gotta lay low it's like casino dude it's like <laughs> the brat patrol <laughs> like Carter was writing about you know you're bringing heat on the whole Aryan
1: nation they gotta lay low yeah, um whatever dude. I just think that guy was fucking nuts and decided to blow something up.
0: So Can that, you say anything now?
1: No, he's dead.
0: So the FBI um has been criticized for not explaining how Nichols, who did not have a steady job, paid for multiple trips to the Philippines and had twenty grand in cash when he was arrested. Also for rushing to rule out the existence of John Doe number two and for not thoroughly investigating possible connections between McVeigh and the Aryan Republican Army, or even larger domestic terrorist organizations. Um, Even the deputy assistant director of the FBI at the time of the attacks has since voiced his concerns and called for a reopening of the investigation in 2007. And in 2014, John R. Schindler, a former NSA intelligence officer, Made a list. Claims that two issues are notable. One, McVeigh and Nichols' visits to the Philippines. And two, the activities of Andres Strassmeyer, a German national and friend of McVeigh's. So possible fuckery going on there? What do we think? Rob thinks it was just one guy radicalized. I mean, I mean, McVeigh even no, says I, as much in some of his last interviews. I'm <laughs> saying he could have had help, but
1: I don't think that it's like a bigger movement than just him and some other guy. Just
2: a bunch of rednecks with a lot of free time <coughs> on But his. so you
0: think it was McVeigh as the sole mastermind, like it wasn't a bigger group pushing for this that's going to s- still be doing more shit?
1: I mean, maybe he was influenced by a group, but I don't think that it's like some terrorist plot on to blow up the federal building. In Oklahoma City.
0: What do you mean? It was literally a terrorist plot to blow up the building. I'm, I'm saying like as in like Al-Qaeda or all that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just said. So you're saying it,
1: that
2: no one jumped up and took credit for it like
1: that. Yeah, I'm saying I don't think that it was like some big fucking scheme from a terrorist organization. I think that Timothy McVeigh was just fed up with all that shit that he said. And then who knows? Maybe he had someone help him. Maybe he didn't. But I don't think that it gets bigger than him just being crazy as fuck.
0: And what about John Doe too? Never caught, never identified. Yeah, he ain't a rat, dude. <laughs> just got off scot-free. So that guy's still out there. Maybe he's.
1: that's where the 20 cash came from, you know?
0: <laughs> the 20 cash?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he said that guy got caught with 20 in cash.
0: Now, uh, yeah, I mean... If you think this guy was just this random terrorist was giving Terry Nichols 20 grand in cash, why would he do that? I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, that's great detective work there. What's your fucking thought on it? Genius.
0: I mean, I'm going to say I I go by the book on this one for the most part. Uh, you know, there is some stuff in there for sure. That raises questions like John Doe too, and the Philippine stuff. Um, and you know, they probably could have gone after these bigger organizations, but at the time, you know, in the wake of Ruby Ridge and Waco, they were like, hey, let's just fucking get this guy, get it over with. That way we look good. We're the fucking heroes, right? Maybe. Who knows? Okay. All right. Well, let's get back to the X-Files
1: film. Adam's not worried about it because crime called in sick today, so it's going to go a late start, <laughs> too. <laughs>
0: Now, as we said earlier, uh, the film was essentially a myth arc expansion uh, with the true meaning being focused on teamwork uh, and the ultimate search for the truth. Uh, Basically, the film used the opening ice age times as saying, hey, uh, this idea of our search for the truth goes way back. Shout out, Kig the Snake. Mm-hmm. Um, It's human nature. You know, it's always been a joint effort. No man is an island. I mean, everybody needs a team, especially when solving mysteries, you know? Scully and Mulder. Scooby and Chag. Uh, the Hardy Boys.
2: Ghostbusters. Um, possible upcoming episode. Starsky and Hutch.
0: Michael Jordan, the Dream Team. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. <laughs> i um, always spying this podcast, you know, right. uh, you got me. I'm the research guy. I'm the technical guy. You're the do it all guy. You got this guy making tea, um, this guy. <laughs> you I don't know? know what
2: he brings. Every,
1: <laughs> uh, everybody contributes. When's something. the last time you made us tea, asshole?
2: You got bags? Yeah, I do. Well, I'll make you some. I'll Let show me you, see you your my Clipper. bags.
0: <laughs> now, uh, the response to this film overall uh met with positive reviews. Um, what do you guys think? Good film? Yay? Nay? Thumbs up? Thumbs down? What are you giving it? Oh, two true. thumbs
2: way up. Okay. Two thumbs way up. Yeah. Wow. T-Bag? I've been seeing this guy giving out two thumbs like it's his job or something.
1: Well, if you disagree, you can catch a case of Ligma.
2: <laughs> All right, T-Bag, what and are you I'll giving I'll give you it? two thumbs up for that joke, little man.
0: What do you give in the film? <laughs>
2: I'm going to give the shrugging guy emoji. Okay. It's probably good. The 90s were a good time. So you're not
0: convinced?
2: The truth is out there.
0: Okay. Um, Now, so mostly positive reviews. Even our boy Ebert um, said it was mostly good. He says he... Mostly good. Well, so hear me out. Um, He says he didn't really enjoy the similarities of the bombing in the film with Mm -hmm. the real-life events in OKC. Says they... um, because they show a shot of the bombed out building that's like basically the same. And he says "Right, right. Uh, the film could have done without that.
2: No, I agree. I mean, I saw that. What was that one? Like United 91 or Flight 91. Oh, yeah. That 93. Was, that was just. Yeah. I didn't want to watch that movie.
0: Okay. Um, but this one, this X-Files one is often seen as immensely better than the follow up film, mm. um, which we will hop on over to now. Uh, so in 2008, we got The X Files I Want to Believe. Um, now, this is six years after the show ended with season nine. So, this is a complete standalone film. Uh, and whereas the first one was an expansion of the myth arc, this one uh, is more or less seen as a Monster of the Week episode as a movie, you know? Mm. Um, this one was written and directed by Carter himself. Uh it remains his only directing credit on a feature film. Budget of 30 million, only pulled in a little over 68 million. So really underperformed at the box office.
2: I mean it's years after the show ended. I'm sure people are falling out of the loop. But
0: Jesus. To be fair, it was going up against Chris Nolan's The Dark Knight. Mm. Uh now. Come on, guys. I mean, in my opinion, the second X-Files film doesn't really hold a candle to The Dark Knight. That's fair. I will 100% agree with that. <laughs> okay. I mean, The Dark Knight is one of those films that you see in theaters and you're like, this is going to be great. You said, damn. Right? You crazy for that one, Nolan. Um, Now- 2008, isn't that like
2: the same year like Iron Man came out and stuff? Yep. Yeah. Th- that's,
0: that's what- Oh. Whoa. We're getting right to that now. Um, In the book that I was reading, uh, Muir kind of explained how he saw this as the rise of a new age in entertainment. Whereas, you know, we had moved on from the government mistrust, the conspiracy stuff, over to the big superhero um, summer blockbuster type films, you know? Uh, like you were saying Iron Man that yeah. was that was 2008 or 2009. 8, sure right? Eight, yeah, yeah. cuz 10 years today or this year. Now, I say we go ahead and write the
1: spoof spin-off X-Files I want to buy weed. Fuck
0: you guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, what do you got for us? What's the story arc there?
2: Yeah. Are we finally going to get to see those warlocks? Because I'll I'll buy into that movie.
0: Is this Rob's big writing debut? What do we got so far? I don't know. I've seen this guy write an outline. Unbelievable. (laughs) All right, guys. Um, Now, a lot of critics had issues with the whole Russian mad scientist playing Frankenstein plot uh, saying, come on, please. like... (laughs) Bull bullcrap we're gonna believe that yeah but now look everyone's buying into the hype well at the same time batman mm. people are like fuck yeah give me more fucking batman more iron man and they're discrating this. this is what like carter says is kind of like hey come on guys yeah. um but yet again carter used some real life events to influence this film and those were none other than russian doctor vladimir Demikhov. Well, now who is this?
1: <laughs> uh, who, just who is this? Who is this Dr. VD?
0: Okay. So this crazy ruski bastard was a Soviet scientist and organ transplant pioneer who created two headed dogs in the 1950s. No. <laughs> I mean, you think stuff was weird on the last episode? Check this out. Now, Mike Ficklin, I might want to give him a call. Oh. now not to, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Now, not to discredit this guy as a psycho right off the bat, um, let's list out some of his achievements. Um, they include world's first artificial heart, uh, world's first heart transplant into the chest, world's first heart and lung transplant, hmm. world's first lung transplant. Now how are you going to go heart, lung and then expect a lung? I mean, I don't know. Science
2: and shit. My fault. Yeah.
0: Uh, world's first liver transplant. First orthotopic heart transplant. World's first mammary coronary anastomosis. Now, guys, no secret. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> uh, and world's first head transplant. That's not what you told your girlfriend. Now. hi First ever, guys, listener discretion advised. Um just ahead for all you dog people out there, be advised this shit is actually kind of crazy and really fucking kind of gross me out. So um, <laughs> listen at your own discretion. If not, maybe fast forward about um, five minutes. Um, so this guy Demikhov and his team performed this surgery 23 times. This is the two headed dog surgery uh, with varying degrees of success. The 24th time in 1959 was the most successful attempt, but it was all, it was not the most successful attempt, but it was the most publicized and one of the most remembered. So this procedure consisted of one large stray German shepherd named Brodiaga, which is Russian for tramp. At the very least, you learned something today. <laughs> uh, now... Brodiaga would be the host dog, and a smaller dog named Shavka would supply the secondary head and neck. Uh, Now, with Shavka's lower body amputated below the front legs, keeping the heart and lungs connected until the last minute before the transplant, a corresponding incision was made in Brodiaga's neck, where Shavka's upper body would attach. And the rest was vascular reconstruction. In total, the operation took three and a half hours, and the two headed dog regained consciousness, and both heads could hear, see, smell, and swallow. Ugh. Now, Shavka's transplanted head could drink, but it was not connected to Brodyaga's stomach. So anything she drank flowed through an external tube and onto the floor. Yikes. Now, in the end, this two-headed dog lived only four days due to a vein in the neck being damaged. Uh, Demikov's longest two-headed dog survived 29 days.
1: Now... So not very successful at all.
0: Well, I mean, not very successful, but I mean, this is also highly controversial because unlike some of his other advancements in the field of like transplants, um, this had like no real-life application. <laughs> He's just cutting up dogs and sewing their heads together just to see if he could do it. I'm guessing. Ugh. um, any thoughts on that? You actually, uh, this will be our just Google It's pretty sick. Um, and really fucked up, I think, but if you want to <laughs> be disturbed, go check out some of the pictures. If You
1: want to be disturbed?
0: Yeah. That's our just Google for the week. Vladimir Demikov's two headed dogs. Go check that out. Um, they got the pictures on Google. Now
1: (laughs) That's going to be a no for me That's going to be a hard pass
0: As of July 2018 Sergio Canavero An Italian neurosurgeon Believes that head transplants Will be a reality in the near future And let's call this guy Sergio Canavero (laughs) Okay Um, This guy is closely involved With the first human attempt Which is slated to occur in China so um someone's already done it, let's be honest. Oh dude, think about how much shit the government's probably done in this field. Now, anyhow, uh back to the film, you know. Yeah, it took a little brief detour there. Yeah, a little brief detour. Te- I mean we had to get into the real life basis, you know, that's important. Um, but while the first one seemed to carry the theme of teamwork, uh, I wanna believe is the second film I want to believe is more or less focused on redemption. Uh, You got Scully being a doctor fighting to save a terminally ill boy to redeem herself from giving away her son. Uh, You got Mulder attempting to save the missing FBI agent in order to redeem himself for his sister's abduction. And you've got this uh, kid diddler preacher. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And this guy's trying to redeem himself in the eyes of God. I mean, this is actually an important part in the movie, which we'll get to here. I'll ask you guys some questions now. Going off of that, uh, the film is asking, like, what right can redo a wrong? Uh, as far as the kid diddler goes, um, it's like, hey, we aren't saying you should forgive him, but obviously, obviously he's a piece of shit who committed one of the worst crimes of all, but... It ain't hard to fucking tell. If you can't forgive him, then can you even claim to believe in redemption? I mean, what, yes. what do you guys think? Like, this guy is having visions. He's trying to help Mulder and Scully out, but he's a kid diddler. So, I mean, can his visions, like, can he be redeemed for his acts? Yes or no? No. So you are saying no. So then is the very... uh, I think
1: it's circumstantial. Redemption? Yeah. Okay. Like, there's some things you just can't come back from.
0: Now, how about you, T-Bag? Diddling
1: kids is one of those things.
0: I mean, if Mr. Rogers, you think he would come back from that? Bill Cosby? That guy's not coming back. Oh, no. going <laughs> to die in jail. Rob, no way. Like, some things just can't be forgiven. Well, he said it's
2: circumstantial.
0: Okay. But he is saying, in fact, that some things can't be forgiven, so it's mm-hmm. not a blanket term. Well, some people believe that everything can be forgiven. Exactly. That's what, the, that's what the movie's getting at. Really makes you think. Yeah. Because, you know, in the movie, like, Scully has to question her own faith because of this whole moral quandary with the preacher. Now, <laughs> disclaimer, I mean, we're not saying this guy, like, we're not saying, hey, Kid Didlin should be forgiven. Uh, we are just posing the moral quandaries of the film. Our job is to make you guys think. I mean, I think I speak for all of us when I say that. Am I right? We are all anti-kid
2: diddling.
1: Now, uh... I do not diddle, kids.
2: Go ahead and do almost anything else you want. (laughs) Okay, now... Almost. Almost. So this film received mostly negative reviews. You're talking about a couple years after, what, season nine? That was the end? Yeah. Quote-unquote, the end?
0: Yeah, I mean, one guy said it's pretty much a PG-13-7. Hmm. And our boy, Roger Ebert, uh, gave a, I believe, three-star review, four. three and a half out of four stars, saying, quote, unquote, it involved actual questions of morality, just as The Dark Knight does. It's not simply about good and evil, but about choices. Um, yep. Now, speaking of choices. Yup. Let's get into the choice to revive the series. So the X-Files season ten in 2016 and season eleven in 2018. Now, initial thoughts on bringing the show back? I mean, what are we thinking? You were just saying been off the air um, almost 15 years, um, and seeing the underperformance of the second film. So, what are we thinking about bringing the show back? I think they're trying to cash in. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong, and that like the 90s isn't making a revival. Yeah. Oh, because it's like nostalgia? Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's actually an injury. I have not actually looked at it that way.
2: Like our generation, if you will, if that's the right term. Yeah, like, hey, Arnold's getting a movie.
1: What's next, X-Files?
2: Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Our generation, quote unquote, is like... Stepping up. Stepping up. Like, now we have jobs and money, theoretically. <laughs> okay. So now we can blow it on the stuff that we used to love. Okay,
0: so I mean, it's, you guys it's, had
2: X Files. It's in your an life,
0: age so. thing. It's now a generational. We're usurping the former uh, people, sure. but I mean, it's still Chris Carter doing it, right? Okay, that's interesting. See, that's what you're bringing to the table. I didn't think of that. Right. I think they're uh, trying
1: to get redemption for that god awful thing that they did with season ten in <laughs> 2016.
0: <laughs> what? Well, I'm talking about even that too. They're trying
1: like, to go out on a good note. It's like Peyton Manning, you know. He wanted to end it with a Super Bowl. He had like a kind of a lackluster career, and then he was like, "Hey, I got oh, this neck surgery. No, I'm coming no, back. No. Coming going
2: out on top." Lackluster career. He had, had to go had out on top. You said that. Okay. All right. All right. X-Files all right. X-Files was good through season nine, according to the critics, and we all know most critics are cynical Yeah, assholes. and then he took a dip, and then he came out on top.
0: Okay. So then, what do you think? Uh, so if you're saying season eleven is his last, hurrah, What about season... In twenty sixteen coming back. Like what did you think when you first heard, hey, X Files is getting a reboot"?
1: I thought it was dope, but then I watched one episode
2: <laughs> and I was like <laughs> well, you yeah, watched nah. it. You watched it, you got you bought in yeah. because you were like, This is my childhood, yeah. this is and I 90s. watched it's... Peyton
1: Manning play the Seahawks in the Super Bowl and it's the most god awful thing I've ever seen in my life. Now did
2: he not come back and win one against the Panthers the next year? That's what I'm was saying. Was eleven? Dude, better that's than what I'm saying. All right, all right, all right. That's well don't point. say it was a lackluster career though. That man did some good things in Indianapolis. <laughs>
0: And just like you can't say X-Files. No, that's what I'm to. saying.
1: That's why I was relating
2: it. <laughs> All right.
1: His season, his time in Indianapolis was phenomenal. Then he came back, and you were like, what the fuck is he doing? Then he surprises you, boom, wins a Super Bowl, and then that rides off into the sunset. I think that's what, exactly what X-Files is trying to do. They had a good thing going with the series. They tried to make a comeback, and it wasn't that great, and now they're like – Went back to the drawing boards and they're like, what do we need to do to make this great again? Make X-Files great again? <laughs> that should be Come a minute. hat. Maxa. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, okay. Pretty good analogy there um, for Peyton Manning's career. Now, <laughs> anyways, despite the um, criticisms, what have you, they brought it back. Um, maybe they figured hell, Dark Knight really was to blame. Or perhaps it just needed the medium of a TV show. We got to get back to our roots, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So they brought it back and man, oh man, people lost their shit. You know, some claimed, like you were saying, Adam, it was the whole, I mean, I guess more or less what you were saying. Uh, So a lot of people were saying it was the whole timing of the nineties era, which really contributed to the show's popularity. Mm -hmm. Uh, So by now people were basically over it. Uh, You know, it's just a different time. Um, I mean, think about it. The 90s was really weird. What a time <laughs> I mean, be alive. Weird time to grow up. Am I right, guys? Great time. I now, thought it was great. Now, I also found some stuff. I will post these for this week's post on the Instagram. Um, they did a lot of fucking weird 90s x file shoots. And these just kind of... These photo shoots just prove how exactly weird the 90s was. Um, but, you know... Even the hardcore fans seem to dislike the revival, um, and again, I think this is a little bit of the Star Wars factor, so to speak. You know, you've got these diehard fans; they've built up this huge thing in their mind, and then ten years later or so, it's just not the same. And it's just you can't recapture that lightning in a bottle. Am I right? Mm, you know? Absolutely right. Now, I gotta say, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate the uh, 2016 series, you know, or the 2018 series. I just, you know, I thought of them as more of a novelty. I thought of them as, I mean, they, they, if you watch the episodes, like the one we were watching earlier today, like it's not taking itself too seriously. Um, I mean, there are there are some episodes that I thought were great, uh, most notably season eleven, episode four, "The Lost Art of Forehead Sweat." Probably the best of the newer seasons, in my opinion. Uh, Check that one out if you're so inclined. Now, I also saw a few articles claiming that the show was always bad. And people just never realized it. Uh, But I actually searched around quite a bit uh, to find criticisms from people on the original run. And I really couldn't find much. So I think it was kind of like, and tell me, I mean, what you guys feel on this. I think it was kind of like you were either into it or you just didn't care. hmm You know? You didn't really have a spot in the mid-'90s. I mean, the internet's just starting to kick off. Well, yeah, a lot of people also contribute that to the show because there was numerous fan sites for this show. hmm And they were saying, like, those fan sites kind of pushed, like, what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next, kind of like Reddit nowadays. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm, Kind of.
1: (laughs) I mean, I feel like I guess you're right, because I wasn't super into it when it first came out, but...
0: We're also very young.
1: Going back to it, I mean, I think it's cool just for the nostalgia fact. And, yeah, I mean, some of the stuff's kind of cheesy, but that's the 90s for you.
0: Yeah, that's what I think this guy was saying. He was, like, saying basically everything was cheesy in the 90s. The show was cheesy. The show sucked. Well, Um, I
1: wouldn't say that much. Well, that's what
0: this guy was saying. Mm. Um, And he, but I did find a lot of people saying like they uh, lost interest by like season five, I feel like. Uh, I can agree with
1: that. Definitely. I feel like that's kind of where it started to fall off. Like looking back on it.
0: Yeah. You know, I feel like people like this, you know, people who lost interest in the OG series um, and people hating the revival, uh, mainly has to do with um, what TV Tropes has dubbed the Chris Carter effect. Now, any guesses as to what this is?
1: Um, maybe he just got too in, in detail into the uh, conspiracy theory. Too deep down the rabbit hole, people stopped following.
0: Okay, that's kind of it. It's basically, to sum it up, it's all clues, no solution. It's like when the plot becomes so big, so entangled, that there really can never be a clear resolution. Um, So this, along with arc fatigue, are the factors we see in the X-Files. I mean, you've got 11 seasons and two movies, arguably one at play, and each is ending, each ending is just pushing the myth arc further and further. Conspiracy continues, conspiracy continues, you know? you know, it can only go so far, right? I would agree. Uh, Carter even said when they started the show, uh, they didn't have some overall myth arc plan, so they just built and built and built as the show went on. With the show, for a lot of people, they tuned out by season five uh, due to lack of resolutions. Um, the plot grows thicker in all directions. Um And, you know, you did have, like, loyal fans that kind of stuck around because, hey, the more confusing and tangled the plot, the bigger the payoff, right? I agree. Well, actually, no. Uh, That's the Chris Carter effect. Uh, The powerful play goes on. The conspiracy continues. And, hey, Mulder, nobody really gives a fuck about your life's work. Uh, The (laughs) masses are past the – I mean, it's like the masses are past the point of saving – the x file, like, you're never going to expose the truth. You're ne- it's going to keep getting covered up, keep getting suppressed by the government, you know? And that's why I feel like so many conspiracy theories are, are able to thrive because it's like, hey, there. I mean, how many times are guys like, like, well, in the whole 2012 thing, oh, the world's going to end in 2012, 2012 hits, oh, well, actually, the calendar was off by a few years. You're unbelievable. <laughs> the conspiracy continues. Oh, my God. It's never going to be resolved. Government cover-up, lies and deception. They
2: don't want us to bring you the information.
0: Fucking black helicopter.
2: Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency.
0: Um, They're turning the frogs gay. (laughs) Well, it loses a certain je ne sais
1: quoi if you just uh, uncover all the little secrets it's like what's the point if you're just gonna at the end of the day he's gonna uncover all the mysteries turn them all turn all the stones over there's no more excitement
0: catch the early flight home from san diego well yeah yeah, that's the last hurrah that's the coup de grace if you will we gotta tune in to find to see him finally expose the truth when's it gonna happen when's it gonna happen but turns out never gonna happen That's exactly the Chris
1: Carter effect. You got to keep everyone guessing, you know, keep everyone on their toes.
0: (laughs) I mean, you can only do that for
1: so long. And I feel like 11 seasons and two movies. That's why the only TV shows that last past 10 seasons are ones that are just fucking around, like The Simpsons, Family Guy.
0: Always sunny. Yeah, it's just nothing Nothing to uncover, no Chris Carter effect at play.
1: You know, How I Met Your Mother. You know, we all know how that ended.
0: So overall, Uh, The X-Files has supplied us with countless hours of entertainment over the years um, and is an overall massive success, I'd say. Uh, You've got four or five runs of comics, hundreds of issues, um, action figures released by McFarlane uh, for the 98 film, these were actually badass. I actually always wanted one of the Scully ones because I thought maybe you could like um, take her clothes off. a <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> Barbie. Uh, they even had a limited Fluke Man collector series released in 2000. I'm surprised you don't have that one. I actually lost a bit on eBay.
2: Oh. If you're out there, if you're listening, help us out.
0: And Mattel even released a Mulder and Scully Barbie and Ken series. We'll see. There you go. Now, there's been three video games released. Teabag, i never, never heard
1: of them. That's, okay. I'm going to have to go back. Um, if you can't see Scully Naked, what's the
0: point? I know. That's, <laughs> that's basically the... Let's be honest. That's the MO. Yeah, that's the MO. Now, Mad Magazine and an episode of The Simpsons have spoofed the series. Yes,
2: yes. I've been wanting to bring that
0: one up for a bit. Oh, anything to add on it? No, just that they spoofed it. Oh, okay. Um, and as we always discuss... The measure of true success yep. of true cultural impact. How you know you've made it is of course a pornographic film. And have either of you guys seen the Sex Files or the XXX Files? It's the Triple X Files. Okay. Oh, the Triple X Files. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I've
2: never seen either one. Crack research over there.
0: Now, I will say I watched both of these in preparation for this. There's actually numerous Triple X files. Oh, I bet. And now I need to um, go
1: wash my hands because I've been sitting by this guy all night.
0: <laughs> now, these are like, I, I didn't, this was for research. This is for, this was for research. Purely scientific. Yes, this was straight up research. Straight up. Yes. Now, I watched both of them. There's a bunch of, like, the Triple X files is more like just three minute clips on browsers, you know? Like how they'll do the one off spoofs that are like seven minutes long. Mm. The Sex Files is actually a full movie. And I watched the Wow! Uh, this one, I, I got to admit, they really did a bang up job here. The plot line. <laughs> oh. No pun intended. Does it thicken? The plot line does thicken. Oh. And it's fucking absolutely cringeworthy. And it's so cringeworthy that the scenes of the actual um, fornication, <laughs> for being scientific yeah, here, yeah, yeah. Uh, is um, unbearable. Like, it's just weird. You feel weird watching it. To sum this one all up, um, the coup de grace. If you will. The ending questions. I know you guys have been asking these questions. Chris Carter. David Duchovny. Mulder himself. Mm -hmm. Dana Scully. um, Do they believe in aliens?
1: The truth is out there.
0: Do they believe? So, David Duchovny... In an interview, said he absolutely does not believe in aliens. Mm. However, Jillian Anderson wouldn't rule it out, she says. You know?
2: I'd like to uh, explore some alien things with her. <laughs> some alien things. Some foreign things,
0: some mysterious things. Some probing. Some yes. things
2: you can't explain. <laughs>
0: yes. The
2: truth
1: is
0: out there. And the man responsible for it all. Chris Carter, young Carter, says at the time that the X-Files were devised, uh, he stumbled across a startling research from a Harvard scientist called John E. Mack. Johnny E. Mack? Johnny Mack.
2: Hey, J- Johnny McEnroe.
0: <laughs> this revealed that 3% of the U.S. population actually believed in alien abduction. That sounds like a low number. You think so? Oh, yeah. Well, this was back in the 90s. So, like you were saying, kind of before the internet age. All right, all right, all right. Um, and the population has grown exponentially since then. But he says that, quote, unquote, I want to believe poster states it so perfectly for me. I am looking for a paranormal experience. I am looking for a miracle. I am waiting for the supernatural I am waiting to be confronted with something that I can't explain. Mm. Mm. So there you have it, folks. Um, Three-part series on the X-Files. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I know a lot of you were requesting it. Um, If there's anything in here that we missed, uh, drop us a line. Let us know. Um, And other than that, feel free to uh, hit us up on
1: podcast from outer space at gmail.com hit us up with any questions concerns comments that you may have or slide in those dms podcast from outer space
2: on the gram and be sure to five-star review and subscribe on itunes thanks for tuning in for this week's episode and so long and thanks for all the fish